The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good summer Wednesday morning, football fans. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. McMullen and McDonald hanging with you for the next two hours. Johnny Mac, I can't wait anymore. I, I tried to make this decision, I think, last week. Yes. When are you going to start counting down the days till camp? Everybody loves a good countdown. Everybody loves a good list. And we'll talk about lists again today. And I said, wait till it's a month. And the 25th is the first day. So wait. I can't wait anymore. I'm getting tired. When are they going to show up? When am I going to have to cover John McMullen for the last hour? Because he's got to go in and be there at the Novacare complex. Because the Eagles are actually going to be gathering as a group. I can't wait. 33 days. 33 days till Eagles camp. Yes, we'll click them off day by day as we get that much closer to the start of Eagle season. I know you can't wait. Yeah, you're ready to take that trip into Philly every single day. Yeah, not right. This is not the day because my we woke up to a flat tire on my wife's no. car. So it's one of those days for me. It's it basically it's the start of summer too, and it's really crappy out. It seems very a cool, little chilly very when I got the dog yeah. out. It's friggin' late June, and uh, it was cold in my short sleeve shirt here. Um, now, how do you get a flat? Uh, well, she got it. Uh, I, I don't know. She mentioned she was she was driving near for the South Jersey people, the Borges Town Center, and evidently they ripped up the road. Ooh. She must have drove over something because it wasn't it wasn't a slow leak, Jody. It's it was it's, Pancake it's, City. Yeah, it's Pancake City. So uh, I got to deal with that as soon as <laughs> I get off the air this morning. Maybe, maybe you get lucky and it's just a uh, nail in there and you can 
cover that thing up and uh, get back on the road. Last time I had a flat, that's exactly what happened. Somewhere I picked up a nail and was able to just get that thing uh, blown back up. Sorry to hear that, J-Mac, but it's a good thing you're not going into Philly yet. Have you been into Philly since uh, the whole 95 mess kicked in? Um, e- No. Yeah, no. I haven't. I had to think about that. I haven't. Um, so I haven't, you know, that wouldn't affect me too much. Uh, I always mentioned back in the day, I used to work in Hatboro, the newsroom of the sports network was in Hatboro. That would have killed me. I mean, I would have been. That's oof. right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel I, I'm surprised, though, I've read the updates and how quickly they're going to get the, 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 you know, the temporary fix done. Which is, you know, I I would have taken the over there, Jody. So Absolutely. If that if that happens and they get it done that quickly, uh, yeah. I'll, apologies for me because that's pretty impressive. Well, I we'll, I went we'll, on the we'll air on Monday too. night with the uh, the governor throwing out a two week no. It would yeah. be up in two weeks. Get out of here, two weeks. But yeah, they, they really are are pushing this and believe this is going to happen. I, you and I are both uh, New Jersey residents, so we would not have the ability to vote for Governor Shapiro. But I'll stump for him if he gets if he gets that temporary yeah, roadway up in two yeah. weeks. He's got my support the next time he runs for election. I can tell that's you that's pretty. That's pretty impressive that they get that. That tells you how important though that 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 stretch of road is not only to this area but really the entire eastern seaboard right. because you have so much uh traffic coming through there uh that tells you how important it is and it tells you what we can do if we put our minds to stuff which is too often we do not from a a government standpoint if they if they really want to get something done um they can get stuff done so um yeah impressive impressive i will say that it, it is moving along impressively under watch because they've got the live streaming camera out there that let you keep yeah. an eye on it. I think that gets better ratings than uh, most of network television these days. Yikes. I thought you were going birds 365, but okay. Um, no, we believe- get better ratings than most of network television. So. Every, every time I flip it on and I flip it on like three times, they're doing nothing. I, you just pick whatever time you got no idea what the hell you're going to get. They guys are uh, talking and <laughs> standing around nothing. having but somehow they're going to have it done in two weeks. We shall see. Yeah, All right, how about Kevin the- Kincaid of Crossing Broad? He's got he's a, he's been on the beat of the I ninety five. So uh, the yeah. Crossing Broad has been all over it, and the the governor is talking smack. And if he gets it done, he's going to get a lot of props for it. We'll see if that's the case. All right. Uh, speaking of lists, this is the season for the list because there's no activity, no action coming down. But I will say this: I think you and I have discussed this before. Um, I used to get Mike Florio on as a guest on my shows 10 years ago, 12 yeah. years ago. And he got too big for you. When Pro Football Talk first came out, and then when he got the, the, the gig with NBC, it was all over. When he went partners with NBC, you can't get him on unless you're willing to write a check. But I used to have a pretty good relationship. I knew a guy who did some work for him. He gave me Mike's number, and Mike seemed to enjoy coming on my shows. And I think he's, A, a very good radio guest, and his website is a good website. And one of my favorite things about it was the ongoing police blotter, <laughs> which he used to track every single player. And if there were any arrests or whatever, you could find it out on uh, pro football talk 
until the NFL kind of strong armed them and said, yeah, you, you want to be partners with us? You want to have a successful, you're going to need a helping hand. Great. Take that thing down right away, which Florio to this day won't cop to that. He had his arm. Twisted. But believe me when I tell you, I know, like I said, I, I know some people in uh, Mike's stratosphere. Yeah. He was, he was absolutely influenced to take that down. And I was bummed. Because, uh, yeah, I, I can take the good with the bad. Some people don't want to hear the bad. Some people live for the bad. I'm not one of those. But I, I like to know as much information as possible. John, I got to give the NFL, uh, Eagles certainly included, top of the list. Everybody, no, no major incidents. We're like a week and change into no teams practice. And no, no major arrests, no major problems. Everyone is handling their summer vacation well. Yeah, it's still early. Uh, you mentioned 33 uh -huh. days. I mean, you, the uh, cynic. I love it. Uh, well, I mean, you got to be realistic. So, I mean, you mentioned that. I, I don't know why, you know, I had heard some things about why Mike took it down as well. He kind of rebranded himself to be more, I guess, pro player than, you know, not whatever description you want to use. So I thought it had more to do with that, but you might know more about it than the league pushing him because he's always been agent driven. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, when he started the site, it was funded by agents, a couple agents, a couple high profile agents. So, you know, they were feeding him information. Um, yeah, that, so that, I don't know. That's nothing new for NFL information. Brokers. No, but I, my, my only point is now that's where everybody gets information, but they were, you know, because they were funding it, obviously, you know, it's getting it first. So that you know, it explains at least a little part of the success. Now, um, as far as the NFL pushing them, I don't know. I mean, sure, they would want it. They don't want it out there. Um, but it's not like it's not. If somebody gets arrested, it's getting reported. I mean, the right. only difference is. He had a big ticker up there, sort of like a safety ticker at a workplace. Exactly. It's been two days since. Um, and, uh, you know, got a lot of, of, of pub and I, I guess a lot of people paid attention to it. And, uh, you know, there's been a unfair, I would say, um, stigma on NFL players over the years. Uh, because of that. So I think from the league's perspective, that's that's why they were upset by it. And again, now, you, you and I are old enough to remember when newspapers were actually newspapers. And you read your newspaper during the day, and if you were a good uh, recycling individual, you saved it, you threw it away. If not, it just went into the trash that day. And it was gone. We're talking 20 years ago, websites were just starting to flourish Oh, the, the 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 docket is there every day. You can go back and check, and you go back and see what arrests yeah. were there. And he didn't take them down. He didn't erase anything. He didn't delete no. anything. That's what the NFL really couldn't stand. It wasn't no. that, hey, breaking news is breaking news. One of your guys gets arrested, you can't hide it, but you don't have to look at it every single day. Go back to the same exact page and see the exact same names and what the uh, NFL transgression and, I, and and And, you know, it's interesting you bring this up because I did – I did the research on that. This like 10, 15 years ago. Um, when, when it was really sort of that mentality of NFL players, you know, playmakers remember the show and yep. they're out of control and all that kind of stuff. 
And because the FBI does, you know, annual reports about crime and you can look at the statistics and anybody can do it. Um, it's, it's free for anybody to look at. And NFL players were even at the angst, the height of the angst, uh, compared to other people of their age group, uh, actually got in trouble less than, than the average person. Now, I also pointed out, because I think it's fair to point out, they have the means, a lot of crime in this country is due to poverty. They have the means, they shouldn't be getting in trouble. Right. They, they, you know, so they have a, they should have a higher bar, but I do think it was fair to point out that the assumption that they were getting trouble in trouble more than the average person was completely, completely untrue, was never true. Um, so it was a little bit unfair and the league didn't like that. Um, but I mean, they're high profile. That's how it works. Absolutely right. If some kid from the neighborhood gets, nobody cares. Uh, That's some kid. If if, if a high profile athlete gets arrested, it's a big deal. That's just part of it. I I told, I think I told the story here in Bryce 365. I know I did on the radio. My daughter's car got stolen a couple of weeks ago over in Philadelphia. She's got yeah. one of those cars that uh, they teach you how to steal them on TikTok. That all you got to do is watch TikTok for 15 minutes. You can figure out how to steal this specific type of car. They didn't catch the kids. No, he made a big dad. Didn't make the, the, the Philadelphia Inquirer. The only coverage he got was her ticked off dad that her car got uh, stolen on the radio. That's about it. But yeah, that, that, that's when you have to comping to that there's things that get caught and written up all the time and other things that just don't and the nfl players so far this downtime season have all been behaving themselves so good for the nfl players all right johnny mac before we punch up our first guest which is going to be our usual wednesday early shore correspondent that would be uh, mike gill from uh, the sports pass down at 97.3 espn radio um i see you're into day two of your top 25 Eagles, you and Eddie Kratz combined to come up with a list of the top 25 Eagles, both vote, give points, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and yesterday we got the start of it at number 25 with Kenny Gainwell. So I felt bad. I said, if McMullen's doing all this work, Kratz is lending him a helping hand, the least I can do is come up with a top 25 of my own. So I two things I, I, I learned last night. I, I have already gotten my top 25. We're going to do the same thing. Yours and Ed's top 25, and we'll go up every day. We'll knock one off the list. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget anybody. So I punch up the Eagles roster. I'm pretty sure who the top 25 guys are. I just got to put them in order. There's a cutting edge there, 25, who's in, who's out. And you know what I noticed? And I had never noticed this before. And shame on me for this. The linebacking core is kind of uh, short, short on guys who can make a top 25 list. But funny enough, your guy today is the linebacker. My guy today. Yeah, not my fault, by the way. That's all you're, right. Okay. You're, you're going to explain that. <laughs> you're going to explain that in just a second. Um, you know who's listed as a linebacker on the Philadelphia Eagle roster? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch that shouldn't yeah. be. Hassan uh, Reddick Hassan? Oh, is yeah. listed as I'll a linebacker. We've been doing this show for how long, Jody? What number is this? I've been saying that since he got here. He's listed as a linebacker. Patrick Johnson's listed. 
Uh, Nolan Smith is listed. Nolan Smith is now listed as a yes. linebacker too. And it and it, beats, and it always ticks you off. And now I get this ticks me from. off because now see that's the problem with this designation. It feeds into now most people, most fans understand, but there's a lot of casual fans, and they see linebacker next to Hassan Reddick, correct, or Nolan Smith, and they see linebacker next to. Uh, uh, Nicobe Dean or 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 Nicholas Morrow or T.J. Edwards in the past and assume, oh, they play the same position. They do not. So it drives me crazy. So I try to always designate it as edge defender. And the league, as you notice, because, you know, I have my official Eagles roster right here. They're now, part where, of the where problem. Did, where, did, where did you get that? Uh, can't. When the Eagles were doing, okay, uh, so you chance. got it from the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, yes. Is that um, laminated like Rich Kotite's play chart? There, it, it is. Like- it is not laminated. You know what? They used to laminate at the beginning of training camp, but it changes so frequently they stopped uh, laminating. So, which is too understandable. Much of, too much of an expense to laminate each. Year well, it's guys. just a waste of time because you know guys get come in and come out. So. Uh, do you do you mark up your sheet there? Do you cross guys out and? Oh yeah, I usually you know try to figure it. Yeah, the first thing you do when you cover an NFL team. Now Dave Zangaro sort of does this for everybody now. So, I, but back in the day, you know, you 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 knock everybody off to see who's not there, especially in training camp. You know, so the first thing you do is try to see the players coming on the field, who's practicing, who isn't practicing. And you, so you mark up the thing every day and then you get a new one the next day. And uh, they, they give you a new one every day you go in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, and yeah, they go yeah. right in the trash. But now for this, uh, Could recycle. Uh, We're a green world. Don't forget. Well, that. of course. But, uh, yeah. But now, obviously, this is the one, uh, until training camp. Oh, so you took one. Your last one you didn't mark up and toss. You brought no, it on didn't, with you. Didn't didn't mark it up. Didn't Smart. that's didn't why you're good it. for Porter McMullen. You think outside the box. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's been one of my pet peeves for years. There's a lot of them. Three, four, four, three. But yeah, the fact that uh Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick are in the same grouping as Nicobe. And understand, look at it this way, Jody. You know you break off into position groups for meetings, right? The all-ball linebackers don't meet with the edge rushers. No, they don't. That it, it, it's it it drives me nuts. But anyway, they are. Guess, but I they are on the Eagles roster. Don't know how they're listed on that sheet of paper John McMullen has, but on their website, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, Nolan Smith linebacker, Hassan Reddick linebacker, not edge, not DN, listed as linebackers. And sure enough, John McBallin and I both have linebackers, real linebackers, as our 24th player. I'm going to give you my 25th yesterday because you had your 25th yesterday. You had uh, Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell, uh, in the Eagles' backfield as their 25th best player, projecting what the list will look like at the end of the year after they've done what they've done and had the production that they've had. You had Gainwell at 25th. 25th for me is... I'm going triple Mac attack. I had a little bit of a flyer here. I think this is the year Zach McPherson gets on the field and actually makes some plays. Whether it's in the slot, backing up the unfortunately oft injured 
Avante Maddox or even potentially outside. It's going to be very interesting to see how Zach Mack season falls because if they move him into the slot and he's the number one guy replacing Maddox, do they just want to leave him in there? If Bradford or Slay goes down, he's playing real well. Do they want to move him back outside or do they want to say, no, you're a uh, slot guy, true and true. We're not going to do that. We're going to use Kaylee Ringo or uh, Josh Job or one of the other young rookies that they have. You know, at least one of them's going to play well during preseason. And then that could make them the number one outside backup cornerback. But I think McPherson is going to shine in camp and he's going to be a major off the bench guy for the Eagles in their defensive secondary. So I got him at number 25. So you got uh, Gainwell. I got Zach Mack. Who do Ed Kratz and John McMullen have at number 24? Well, again, this is uh, – I'm going to throw Ed under the bus. Feel free. Uh, Ed, that, I expect uh, you to do this uh, several times yeah, as we go up uh, and down the uh, list. It, it, it is Nicholas Morrow at number 24. Um, Ed had him, I believe, at 21st. Um, he would, he would not, he was not on my top 25. Um, uh, you mentioned a guy, Zach McPherson wasn't on my top 25. Cam Jurgens was my 26. I'm trying to think where would I put, uh, well, he was on my list. I take it back. He was 26 on the overall list. Um, he, and, and cause both Ed and I had him on the list. So he would have been, a, a on, on 26 if I was sort of, uh, expanding it. And then I was thinking, how many other guys would I have in front of uh, uh, Nicholas Morrow? Zach McPherson's one of them. Um, Jack Driscoll's certainly one of them. Um, and then maybe I start thinking about him. Um, so I don't think he belongs in the top 25, but Ed thinks much more highly of him than I do, and he's number 24 in our combined list. You know, I go back to Eric Wilson. He's got to be better than Eric Wilson. But that's how I look at Nicholas Morrow. Like his numbers, he played a lot in Chicago. He made a lot of tackles. I love that quote I got about Eric Wilson. I'm going to use it with Nicholas Morrow. 20-point score on a bad NBA team. When you got nobody who can score, somebody's got to score. You're going to lose the game. When you got nobody playing linebacker, remember after they traded Roquan, um, Somebody's got to tackle somebody. And he also played well against the Eagles. So I think that conflates the value in um, some people's minds in Philadelphia. I do not have Nicholas Morrow on my top 25. He won't be uh, at a later spot to be named like you. I don't have him in my top 25. I don't know if I'd have him in my top 35, to be truthful with you. I think the other linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to continue to ring this bell is not a Philadelphia Eagle yet, that the Eagles will go out and upgrade that position. Would not surprise or, me. Or I'm, I'm kind of buying into the Christian Ellis hype. And here's why I've got Christian Ellis as my 24th player on my list. In addition to the fact that he may well very may very well be an Eagle starting linebacker, and if he does and how he doesn't go out and get anybody and he beats out Morrow, oh, he's going to get a lot of tackles too. Much like Morrow did last year. And he's another Matt. guy. I should have put him in the group. He would have been ahead of him as well for me. Right. Um, so not my top 25, Christian, but he would have been ahead of Nicholas Morrow. So I do have Christian Ellis as my 24th. And the other reason is I, I'm going to look at special teams. 
a lot of times we just disregard special teams. What do you do from the line of scrimmage? Eels weren't a great special team last year. They had struggles during the season. They elevated Christian Ellis from the practice squad, and he started to make some plays, and the Eagles special team got better because of him. I guarantee you, even if he's playing, even if he's in every down, well, he won't be in every down linebacker. The only one will be, if there is one, N'Kobe Dean. If he's a most down linebacker, I think they're keeping him on special teams. I think because uh, he's a guy who's making his way through the league up from the practice squad. He's one of those they won't worry about. Listen, we can't uh, ask this guy to play special teams. Oh, they will, and he'll play it well. So I'm going to put Christian Ellison at 24. John's got, because of his partner, Ed Kratz, uh, Nicholas Moore at 24. I've got Christian Ellis. So we both have true linebackers, not edge guys listed as linebackers, actual linebackers in at number 24. We'll do our top 25 as we get that much closer to camp because we still got 33 days before we get to camp. All right, McDonald McMullen here with you. The Mac and Mac guys on Birds 365. I see Mike Gill is ready. I see Mike Gill's got a T-shirt he's going to have to explain Mike Gill joined us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
GLES Eagles. Summer Wednesday get together here on Birds 365. You got John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac with the Providence kid, Mike Gill. When did you get your big backside up to Providence? Uh, probably 2018. I was up at, I did Brown and Providence, uh, in a weekend. It was in Newport, Rhode Island. Took a drive up to Providence, walked the campus, went over to Brown and, uh, yeah, did a little Newport, Rhode Island, Providence, uh, trip. One, uh, how, one how far between Brown and Providence? Same five minutes. I mean, it's a couple. They're, they're yeah. They're, they're close. They're both right in. They're both in the city in Providence. Nice. Uh, the smarter kids. I'm surprised he didn't go with uh, Brown over over Providence. Uh, well, I, I, the Brown shirt is a little young on me now. All right, there we go. <laughs> okay, you grew, grew out of that one, right? Yeah, one size down. Okay, we got you there. You look good in your. I, I, I don't want to insult the Providence kids, but I oh, mean, you just did. What do you mean you don't want to insult? You're yeah, I mean, Well, I mean, Brown they're not the Brown Ivy. kids. They know they're not the Brown kids. Come on, Brown is Ivy League. So right. I mean, come on, you we did the whole like weekend. That's when last week I think I had the Yale shirt on. Last week I went to yeah. New Haven, drove up to Newport, and then Providence is about an hour from Newport. So we went up and hit that came back to you know Newport has a has a baseball league up there the Sunset League they play in this uh stadium it's like the third oldest operating stadium in the country really still pretty standing. cool yeah okay uh and that's what you're talking about you're talking about baseball you didn't get over to the Dunkin Donuts Center isn't that the uh, the sponsor yeah, of Providence you know is, what? It, it I love be, that just... any time an arena is named after a fast food product. Count me in. Yeah, uh, but they just changed it, Jody. They they changed it. That I, I used to love. It, it used to be the Providence Civic Center in, uh, you know, before all that nonsense started, um, and and then they called it the Dunkin' Donut Center. Now it's something else, though. I got to look it they up. Sold they sold down. Yeah, now it's the Amica Mutual Pavilion. Really? Like, who cares? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts Center at least had some some zest to it. Now it's the Amica Mutual Pavilion. That's, That's like um, the Steelers. That's they had Heinz Field for all yeah. those years, and now it's now some it's, like insurance company that yeah. no one even knows how to pronounce. And it's like yeah. you can't pronounce the name of your company. Is it really beneficial to be the name? Yeah, of the that's team? good. That's bad branding. Good point, Mike. That is bad branding. If you can't pronounce the the the, the title of your company. Maybe rebrand that thing. I, I would agree with that. I think I dated a girl named Amika once, but that was a long time ago, so we're, we're not even going to go there. I, uh, my, Mr. Gill, Eagles are 33 days away from camp. So far, no issues. No problems, no off-field antic, no, nothing that is going to deter opening day of camp and the like. But we know what the expectations are for the Eagles. You check the gambling website. You check the prediction websites. A lot of people have the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Some have the best team overall. Uh, for the newbies, the guys who weren't here last year, they're just getting their feet wet in the NFL. How much difference is it for the Philadelphia Eagles coming into this year than last year 
or the year before that because expectations are the uh, higher than they've been since 2018 after they won the 2017 Super Bowl. Uh, Jody, I think it's a great question to think about because you're going to have minimally, what, five or six guys on the defensive side of the ball getting a lot of playing time. Not to mention, you have a new coordinator running that room. You have a new coordinator on the offensive side of the ball running that room. This isn't one of those situations where there's like one or two guys that are coming in and you're like, hey, we did, you know, if it was just Isaac Sayamala and just Javon Hargrave, we'd be talking a lot about, well, who's going to replace Hargrave? Who's going to replace Sayamala? It's almost a fait accompli that those positions are going to be taken care of because there's so many other questions. Who's going to take over the linebacker? Who's going to be the safeties? Um, the running back situation, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the over-under on the yards for Mr. Penny and Mr. Swift yesterday, but those were definitely worth uh, mentioning and getting into if you want. But, yeah, I definitely think that there's got to be a lot of long and hard conversations going on about how are they going to replace all of the production that they lost. You know, I was looking yesterday, I was putting a promo together for our sales team to get them all juiced up to sell the Eagles this year, you know, and I'm going through one game of highlights from Merrill Reese calls and they're all labeled of what the call is. Chauncey Gardner, Johnson sack, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson interception, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson. I said, man, a lot of stuff Chauncey Gardner Johnson did in one game. And then I looked at another game, Chauncey Gardner Johnson interception. That guy's gone. You know, TJ Edwards, tackle behind line of scrimmage. TJ Edwards, uh, stuff at the line of scrimmage. Well, that guy's gone. There's a lot of guys who you just don't even kind of, they're under the radar players that are gone that you need to replace. So, a lot of, of concern <laughs> on getting this team to have that same mentality with all these new guys. Yeah, uh, Jody and I were just talking while you're in the green room uh, about our, our top 25, our annual top 25 list that Ed Kratz and I put together. Um, and Jody's doing his own list, and and we both had linebackers at 24, Ed's fault uh, for Nicholas Morrow. Uh, Jody had Christian Ellis. Boy, man, you talked about glossing things over. This is getting glossed over because the more I think about this, maybe it's the lull, you know, in between um, OTAs and, and training camp. So you have to think about these things. Um, you know, PFF came out with their linebacker rankings. Eagles are 31 out of 32. Yeah. 31 out of a third. So Peter King saying, can't find a weakness. There it is, Peter. There it is. 31 of 32, I believe only the Rams were behind them. And interestingly, number two, the Chicago Bears. Why are the Chicago Bears number two? Because they spent money on linebackers. One of them is a guy you just mentioned, T.J. Edwards. Um, there was there was a, a, a commenter yesterday, I happened to notice it, saying, oh, he doesn't pass the eye test. What the hell is the eye test? If you're watching TJ Edwards play last season and you watched, insert name, Eric Wilson, LJ Fort, Paul Ward, Nate Gary, the famed Nate Gary, what, what is the eye test telling you that 
TJ Edwards can't play in the assumption that Nicholas Morrow is going to replace a TJ Edwards or even the Kobe Dean, to be fair, is going to play up to the level as a first time starter that TJ Edwards played last year. Boy, that position is got a chance to derail this season, but I think Jody's right. I think the second linebacker is not even here yet. I, I can't believe they're going to line up. Yeah. Well, that Nicholas was tomorrow. Christian Ellis. I think it was Jody asked me about that last week. Who, who's the other linebacker? I said, he's not here yet, but you know, you remember back to some, you know, the defense the year before Alex Singleton, TJ Edwards, um, you know, when Edwards had just kind of been finding his way, but Singleton was the best linebacker on the team statistically, and that's not good. I mean, this is a team that um, – It'd be good now. I'd love to have Alex back. Now, right. I agree there's some limitations, but he'd be the he'd – be, he'd be a big upgrade right now. Yeah, and Alex I think Singleton. you saw last year where this defense did the linebackers. They didn't make the splash plays. They're not like Levante David and these guys who were all over the place making plays. But what you didn't hear was how much of an issue they were. They just solidly did their jobs. They basically, you know, did what was asked of them. And you didn't go like there were weeks when you had the Nate Geary's of the world and the Alex Singletons where you would come in on a Monday and you'd be like, that team looked at film and said, where's 47? Find him on the field and let's exploit him. They didn't do that last year because those guys could at least do their job. Can these guys just be, you know, solid, not spectacular? I think Dean would be more of a spectacular player in the end if he's cut out for it. If he's not, he, he might have some problems. Now, if he's the player we think he is, you're probably going to get a really good player. But if he's not the player we think he is, you might get a guy who's lost out there doing pirouettes in the middle of the field looking for coverage, but I don't think that's going to be the guy. Now, how important does that make the second guy? Does that make that second guy have to be, you know, at the same level? Can he be an Alex Singleton? Can he just be a a, a mid-level tackle machine? Would that be suffice? And is that guy on this roster? Well, last year that guy was Kaiser White, and he was pretty darn good, at least as far as I was concerned. Yeah, and, oh, White was, and he was solid. Yep. And oh, by the way, John doesn't pass the eye test. You know what I test? T.J. Edwards didn't pass his timing in the forty at the combine. That's the only eye test. You guys look at the stopwatch. Boy, I, was, I, I, I get it again. It's you know in the comments, he's mid tier. What? What is? What? What are people watching? Well, he didn't get what? paid mid-tier. No. I mean, I, 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 I boy, if, if that's your expectation, that T.J. Edwards last season is mid-tier, you're going to be awfully disappointed at the linebacker. Well, yeah, what are they going to be yeah. this year? <laughs> oh, my Lord, well, you're going to be disappointed. in the pudding. He gets a contract to go to Chicago, and, you know, you just talked about where Chicago sits in the rank. If Nick Morrow is there and T.J. Edwards is here, what do those rankings look like? Well, they did get Edmonds as well, so that's right. part of it. But, you know, they'd be, you know, down probably 13, 14, somewhere mid-range. Uh, he's big part of it. Uh, Edmonds is a very good player as well. Um, so they, you know, they went in a different direction. Most of the league is devaluing the position. The Bears right. went out. Well, that's the thing. What, what is, what is um, Sean Desai going to ask his linebackers to do? Well, here's the thing. You you guys both believe, and I'm with you, that the second linebacker isn't here yet. 
Now, if I were to force you, say, you can't get anybody else. Jody wants Patrick Queen. You can't have him. Mike, I don't know who you want, but you can't have him. So you got to play with who you have right now. If that's the case, I'm playing three safeties. I'm playing Terrell Edmonds at linebacker in obvious passing downs and hoping I can get Sidney Brown up to speed along with Reed Blankenship. That's what I would do. What You know, you could go Christian Ellis. You can go Nicholas Morrow. What would you guys do? With the I, current I, I, roster that I yeah, have now? Can't, can't go outside the organization. Got to well, play I mean, with what you have. I right would now. imagine that Ellis and Morrow will will battle it out in camp and the winner of the, you know, who who the coach feels more comfortable. And I guess, again, it goes back to what does the side look for his linebackers? Does he want versatility? Does he just want a guy that can go in there? He's going to have, if he's running a five-man front with Jordan Davis on the nose uh, and, and Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter, you know, does he want a guy who just a sure tackler who can go in there, make stops? I mean, that's kind of what Alex Singleton was for this team. He was just a guy who, See the ball tackle. It couldn't cover, right? I mean, it was and he was smallish. But if that's what they're looking for from a guy like Morrow, off-ball linebacker, just go and make tackles, then okay. But I would imagine that they will let that play out July 25th. You two guys, may the best man win. Good luck. Here's the reason why I think that uh, Nicholas Morrow could end up being a non-factor. I've been had this hammered into my line of thinking by my partner, John McMullen, and he's dead on right. How much of Nicholas Morrow's contract was guaranteed, John? Well, zero. Zero. Not one zero. red penny. And, 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 you know, remember, there are 31 other teams. So he was out there. And this is the deal he took. Now, I, hey, plenty of guys have outperformed their contracts. Yep. I'm not saying he can't be better, but that tell the contracts don't tell you everything, but they tell you a lot. They give you a big hint. Yes. And the fact that Nicholas Morrow got zero guaranteed was a pretty big hint for me, and that's why I think they're going to do what they have to to upgrade at that position, uh, and it'll start in, in 33 days. All right, Johnny, uh, Mikey, yo, you brought this up. The Eagles over-unders on their running uh, backs. I did not see this out there. Don't know what uh, uh, wagering website you were referring to. Uh, but uh, what order did they have the three running backs in where you saw it? I got the two. We talked about this yesterday. So uh, Penny, uh, Rashad Penny's over-under for yardage, uh, rushing yards, was over-under 600. I would lean toward under. Not that I don't think he's going to be good, but I just don't. Uh, you can't bank on a guy staying healthy. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm in a weird spot with R- R- Rashad Penny because there wasn't a lot of buzz uh, about him this spring. Not that the spring is not that important, but I just get the feeling he's in the back of the mind of the coaching staff. So, you know, they, they they never talk about him. Um, Whereas Swift. Um, is is more in the front of their mind. Nick Sirianni keeps bringing up Trey Sermon out of left field. On on you know he's not even being asked about the guy. He keeps bringing him up. Uh, and then you have Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott. If Rashad Penny's part of the rotation, I'm going over. My question is: Is he going to be part of the rotation? I well, don't know. 
the interesting number here, last year Sanders ran for about 1,200, a little over 1,200 yards. So the number for DeAndre Swift is 579 over under, which means Penny and Swift combined are right about 1,200 yards. They have those two guys going. So Swift, rushing yards, 579. If I'm taking over on one of the two, it's going to be Swift, not Penny. Yeah, same here. Uh, but from Swift, I get why the number is where it is. I mean, he's never, I think as high as 613 or somewhere, or maybe 631. I might be somewhere in the in the low 600s. So I get what why they place the number there. And a lot of it has to do with health. He's, you know, missed four games a year, basically. Um if he's healthy, he's going way over that number. And he seems to be, you know, he's the leader in the clubhouse, in my opinion, to be the lead back, so to speak. So, Well, that's, um, a, you know, if you look at these numbers, it would essentially say that Vegas thinks they're going to split carries and rotate guys that they would yeah. not have a lead back. And they would get the same production from two guys as they got from the one guy last year. I mean, I think Sanders had 1,260 plus yards and, he had 11 touchdowns as well, um, you know, so you're going to have to have somebody be able to find the end zone. Uh, but those two guys there, if you put them together, they get 1,200 yards. I guess you did your job. Did yeah. uh, the site you looked at have Kenny Gainwell listed at all? As I, you know what? I did not look at the site. These were sent to me. We did a okay. segment yesterday on right. these. I got passing yards for Jalen Hurts, 3,599 yards passing for Jalen Hurts. I think it was 3,700 last year, so why would you go under? Uh, I think you got to go over on that one, too. Uh, but I'm intrigued by the Kenny Gainwell uh, number because he was 240 last year, and now isn't I, a it, given number one in front of him. I got – now, the numbers I got yesterday were for um, most passing yards, most receiving yards, uh, most rushing yards. So most rushing yards – Jonathan Taylor uh, is the leader. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Derrick Henry, all the obvious ones at the top. Um, DeAndre Swift is the only Eagles running back with odds for being the rushing leader. He is way down the list at 66 to 1. Chalen Hurts is above him at 50 yeah. to 1. Oh, sure. I, I believe that. 50 to 1, Jalen Hurts, 66 to 1, DeAndre Swift. No other Eagles running back uh, is on the list for um, rushing yardage leader, nor should they, but they should be way down the list. But um, yeah, Penny's weird to me because I think if Penny is healthy and um, like he's the best running back, just from a pure physical talent trait standpoint, and we've all seen it. I mean, when the guy's on the field, he's never on the field. But when he's on the field, he runs the football. Let me well. ask you this, John. Are Penny's injuries freak accidents or is he an injury prone guy? Like when I look at an injury prone guy, it's the hamstring, the, the, the yeah. muscle pulls where he just can't get over them. Last year, I think he broke his leg. Like that's not yeah. that's something like you can't get. So is he perpetually injured because he's injury prone or are these just freak accidents that just you know, happen to happen to him. And, and does I that mean, even matter to you? Yeah, it is uh, because you would think, um, you know, the worm turns, so to speak, if you're talking about luck, 
you know, one there, were, there was a torn ACL in there. What can you do? You know, I mean, it's a torn ACL. So I hear what you're saying in that last year's mentioned broken leg. These yeah. are significant injuries. This isn't the guy sitting out. See, I think DeAndre Swift is more. DeAndre Swift would admit he played 13 games every year in Detroit. 13. It's a decent number, but he's not near 16 or 17. You know, he's missing two or three games with a hamstring or this or that. Um, yeah, I think torn ACL is a little bit different. Look at Landon Dickerson in college, granted. Torn ACL, torn ACL. Had two of them. All of a sudden he comes here. That's the big concern. That's why he was a second-round pick. He's played every game. It's only yeah. two years. So, yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes the, the worm turns and um, you get a little bit of better injury luck um, as opposed to the guy sitting out for the soft tissue injury. Yeah, the soft yeah. tissue. And if he's healthy, man – my man averaged six yards a carry behind that Seattle offensive line. What would he do behind this line? Because he is a he is a difference making type of back with his size and speed. Yeah, I I'm on the exact opposite side of both of you two guys. Plain and simple, add up the numbers as far as I'm concerned. Penny five season, fourteen games, ten games, three games, ten games, five games. That's not thirteen. Guess what? I'll take DeAndre Swift in his thirteen games every single year. You're not missing no, him for a, point. a half a I mean, season, three quarters of a season. But but that's what the Eagles are sort of doing with Rashad Penny, sort of betting on um, luck. They don't like to say that term, but that's what they're saying. All right, ACL, broken leg. I mean, at some point, the worm's got to turn, as I right. said. Well, if Whereas Smith it, plays 13 games, Penny gets the other four. It's a perfect marriage. Yeah, I don't know if you want him for just four. Um, you know, I think if he, you know, gets hurt here with a significant injury, I think it's one of those things where you say, all right, you know, it, it's a small bet. You know, he got six hundred grand, six hundred thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, not a um, lot. And you know, this room, you you took you look at the PFF. They ranked the running backs. Uh, I think yesterday the the Eagles running backs were twenty second in the league. Well, Carolina was behind them. So they're saying that this group of running backs is better than what you had a year ago. Um, so one of those two guys or both of them share the load. And then, Jody, you know, I, I agree with you. How do they mix in the other guy? I mean, Scott, it doesn't seem like they care if he has a defined role. He seemingly is break, you know, glass. And case. I, I can give you his, his defined role. Scored touchdowns against the Giants. That's all he has to do. He's there right. for two games a year. He always scores touchdowns against the Giants. He's going to get the Giants. He can basically take the first three months of the season off because they don't play the Giants till late in the year. Boston, take over for the two Giant games. Put up three yeah. touchdowns. Done. It, Thank it, you very much. It, it just seems that, you know, he doesn't have a role during the course of the season unless someone gets hurt. And then when someone gets hurt, he seemingly gets – they go to him before they change someone else's role. You guys are staying in the same role. Boston's role is going to become a little different. So you have the two guys that they signed plus Gainwell. John, you mentioned Sermon. Does he have a role or is he a guy that's kind of battling for a I don't know, is he and Penny battling for a spot? Do they look at Penny and just say, nah, you know, <laughs> something's not right here. He's not past the injuries, and we stick with Sermon. Do they keep both of them? I mean, I to me, that is one of the more fascinating 
um, watches. And then the other part about what the running backs, do you want to run Penny in a preseason game if he's been hurt so much and risk him getting hurt in a preseason game? Do you even yeah. battle for the position? Yeah, I mean, this is one I can't get a beat on. I really can't because we're only there for 100 minutes, as I mentioned. Um, like, if you were to ask me, I'd say 100% Swift is going to be on this team. 100% Gainwell is going to be on this team. Boston, probably 95%. Well, Boston makes more team. money than everybody else. Yeah. Um, but that could be one of the reasons he gets cut. Rashad Penny. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm 50 50. Um, Trey Sermon, I'm less than 50 50, even with all the Nick Sirianni talk. And I can't even tell you why. It's just there's no buzz about the guy. And there's just uh, no nobody, role. Nobody's talking about him. Here's, um, here's the Trey Sermon question I have for you, John, and you're down there all the time. They kept him on the roster all year last year after <clears> he got scooped up from San Francisco. They never tried to sneak him down to the practice squad. He was one of the inactives every single week. We're a year now more removed from him being in San Francisco and being part of the Eagles bench. You think they'll put him through waivers and uh, try and get him to the practice squad? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they don't. I mean, if he's not going to make the team, they're not concerned about putting him on waivers. And if he clears waivers, they'll put him on the practice squad. If he doesn't, they'll say, all right, sayonara. <laughs> I mean, if he's not good enough to be on that 53, I don't think it cares. I don't think it's going to be a strategy sort of, oh, we can get this player through waivers, but we can't get this player through waivers, or that's the belief. Uh, you know, the Eagles played that game with Jordan Mailata. Jordan Mailata wasn't ready as a rookie to be on the 53-man roster, but they didn't want to expose him to the rest of the league because you don't know if somebody is going to say, all right, let me mold this piece of clay. And they just stuck him on the back end of the roster for two years. Basically, they didn't do anything. Um, you know, they, they tried the other route with Brett Toth as, you know, if you remember Brett, they, he, he, he was, he was, he went to army. So he, he was in that before they changed the rule. Um, and that was, he was literally the first player where Donald Trump was president and said, all right, these guys can play football. And they changed the rule. He had already lost 40 pounds because he was doing his army work. And so the Eagles were like, well, we think he's got a lot of potential, but he's got to, you know, sit and gain weight, got to get in the weight room, all that kind of stuff, build his body back up. We can get him through waivers. We'll put him on the practice squad. Arizona snapped him up, ultimately came back. Um, so it worked out in the end, but it's always a gamble. Uh, but if Trey Sermon doesn't make the 53, I don't think they'll have any problems. They'll just say, all right, if we get him back, we get him back. If we don't, we don't. Mike, I uh, want your uh, position on this because John and I discussed it yesterday and a couple of stories out there over the last couple of days. The NFL and its handling of uh, legalized wagering. Um, they've suspended five five or nine. Uh, was it how many Lions? They got a couple Lions. They, they, they have put out some pretty good suspension, season suspension for some guys. Lions turned around and cut them. 
Uh, Williams, their star second-year wide receiver, is going <laughs> to miss half a season, eight games. This isn't a two-game slap on the wrist. The smallest suspension has been half a season, eight games. Uh, so the NFL is taking this very seriously. They, I believe, compromised themselves to take in the millions, if not billions of dollars that gambling affords uh, them in uh, partnerships and uh, sponsorships and the like. But they want to keep at least a an above-the-fray look to the way that they're handling gambling. NFL doing this right? Are they doing it wrong? Uh, is it being handled well or being handled sloppily? What's your take on the way the NFL? I know they're, uh, they continue to send out uh, info through sources. And we mean this. So we're going to have all these resources for the players. They can't be doing this. We're going to be harsh with it. NFL handling it right or wrong? I mean, is there a right or wrong way to do it when you're in bed with the gambling apps? Yeah. Right? I mean, you're taking all this money from the gambling apps. I mean, on a Sunday, you can't go to a commercial without seeing everyone crossing your face. And then you're telling the players, well, you can't engage in that. But we, it's almost like the college kids. We can make money off of you, but you can't make any money. We can take money off the gambling ass, but you can't prosper or even utilize them. So I don't even know how you approach telling these guys, we're, we're allowed to use them, but you can't. I mean, is this one of those situations? Maybe I, I don't know if this is accurate. I would imagine so. Like, if you work for the team, you're a lady in the finance department. Is she allowed to gamble? Because, not, like, for instance. on site, I would guess that these rules that they're putting to the players adhere to every single person who's a member of the organization. An right. Employee of well, the like organization. For instance, if you work for a casino, you can't gamble in the casino. You, you, you're not allowed. Like, if you if you were working finance at Caesars uh, or Ocean, let's say Ocean Casino, you can't gamble at Ocean Casino. Now, you can go down the street and gamble at another parlor if you want. Right. Is this, is this a similar station in the NFL where you're saying, you can utilize the app, you just can't do it here? I mean... And you can't do what? it on your sport. Yeah, you, 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 you can go out into the parking lot and bet whatever the hell you want in the NBA, no. right. but you can't be no, doing it. By the way, you can't do it. You can't do it in the parking lot either. You got to be no, no parking lot. Parking lot is still considered and property. Obviously, yeah. nobody is advocating letting them gamble on the, their yeah, own no. league. Their yeah. own league, but to then tell them, but it's okay if you want to go gamble on other leagues. You're just opening up the opportunity to let them gamble on their own league. I mean, you it's all or nothing, right? It's yeah. got to be an all or nothing proposition. Yeah, I de- this is where John and I disagree, so I guess you and I disagree as well. It, it, it's not that hard to figure out what you can and can't bet. You can't bet on the NFL. You can bet on the NBA. If you're an NBA, why, why can't you expect a young man, and I know some of them are only 21 years old, to be able to figure that out. That, to me, is not advanced. A, that isn't asking too much for them to be able to figure out, okay, I can bet on this, but I can't bet on that. I agree with what you're saying in principle, but it's a perception thing. It's much like, you know, I said the other day, like John Morant, for instance, he didn't break a law. He didn't do, get, he's not <clears throat> in trouble with the law, but it's a perception thing. If your league is saying, we do not want that perception – it's obvious that the punishment of eight games was not enough because he did it again. Now you're doing 25 games. And the thought is, well, he can't win MVP. He can't get a, you know, he's losing, you know, 
you have to say, no, it's all or nothing. If you do that, you're losing the whole season. So in this instance, the perception by the fans is, well, if they're gambling on basketball, they're probably gambling in other aspects as well. Well, now, now, now here's my problem, Mike. And you brought, well, I have two problems. You brought up the hypocrisy part of it, which I think is fairly obvious. But the fly by the seat of the pants nature of all this, they're suspending guys, as Jody mentioned, whatever the number is. I don't know the exact number, six, eight, whatever. You know, last year was Calvin Ridley. So it's been going on for over uh, a year, 16 months, whatever. Um, it, it, yesterday, yesterday, they had a conference call with reporters to discuss the league's gambling policy and education. Yesterday, they've already suspended all these players. How does information get out there? Um they give it to reporters. They give it to the uh, uh, people like me. That that was the first time they discussed this policy. Yeah. And the six key rules are: don't bet on the NFL, don't gamble at a team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at the team hotel, don't have someone bet for you, don't share inside information, don't enter a sports book during during the NFL playing season. Don't play daily fantasy football. Those are the six sort of bullet points they gave us. And you play yearly fantasy football. Uh, it says daily. Yeah. Don't play daily the fantasy answer is football. Yes. That, that, that is one that I'm kind of uh, not being able to figure out. Either you can or can't bet on the NFL. If you're playing fantasy football, you're betting on the NFL. Why they're allowing them to play year-long fantasy football, I don't understand. That, yeah. that, that's a legit to me, question. To me, this is, this is the Sam's Club. You know, if I get a bite of the sample, I'm probably going to buy the sample. If you let me use the app, I'm going to start perusing through and saying, oh, I can put some money on uh, – Kenny Gainwell yardage. I know Kenny's going to get 10 carries today. You know, you're you're just putting too much of a temptation for a league that already has a perception problem in terms of there's yahoos out there that think the games are fixed. Yeah. So you're allowing the script, the script, script. uh, you know, the script Illuminati. I got my tinfoil hat on over here that, you know, and, and to say, well, it's okay if you walk off the property and place a bet on a basketball game, but you can't do a football game on the property. Like, by the way, they did. Uh, you can't bet on anything, any NFL events, NFL draft, combine, Pro Bowl, flag events, NFL honors. They they mentioned that for you, Jody. Uh, don't bet on anything at the team's facility or stadium, including the parking lots on team road trip, team plane. Once you got out the door, no. you're good. There was, a, there was a report the other day. I don't know if it was yesterday or, or Monday, but there was a report that a player lost $8 million in gambling yeah. you know, this yeah. past season. $8 million gambling. Um, now, you know, some of this is like you're trying to protect these guys from themselves. And, you know, is it up to the league to say, well, we don't want our players gambling on basketball or baseball or hockey? Or college football. You let a bet on college football. A guy who might be your teammate down the line. I'm, I'm, here's where I am. Uh, uh, don't gamble. Period. Right. But, but um, the players, they're, they're not going there. 
because they don't want to be the anti-gambling league either because, yeah, then somebody's partners who are paying millions of dollars right. are going, wait a minute, we're partners here. And, and you're like putting hypocrisy. out this message that gambling can't be had, can't be thought of. No, they're not going to do that. that that's, that's why that, they're that, trying that... to walk this fine line. And I want to just quickly address it. Someone uh, put it on the comment section. Are they uh, pinging their phones? The answer is yes. Oh, they're in partnership with these betting outlets and they're giving them the names of players who sign up and they're geotagging them so they know they do it in the parking lot right. if they I do mean, it in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, that's how these guys are getting caught by the use of their phones. Yeah, I mean, everybody who has a gambling app should know. I live on the Jersey side and if I'm using a certain app and I'm on the Walt Whitman trying to go to a game, once I get to a certain point on that bridge, I can no longer. They know exactly where down. I'm at. Yes, sir. Right? They know exactly where I'm going. So they know exactly whose phone is, is now. Could they do it on somebody else? Could somebody else? Absolutely. Sure. Like, hey, Jody Mack, man, do me a favor. Put in a bet for me, would you? Oh, yeah. here's, what I, here's what I'm thinking. Burner phones. I'm betting you there's a percentage. We should we, we'd ask Peter King this, whatever guy you want percentage of NFL players that have betting burner phones. Yeah, well, that's how Brian Colangelo. That's not a zero. I can guarantee right now it's not a zero. That's how Brian Colangelo is earning a living now. He's His new burner phone is putting bets in for NFL players. (laughs) Nice. At Mike Gill's show, uh, uh, make sure you listen to Mike every weekday, 2 to 6 down the shore, uh, 93.7, the Sports Bash. does a tremendous job, uh, does a tremendous job with us. Yeah, the, the hypocrisy of this stuff is ugly. I, I, and I don't know how you fix it because you want to take the money from these people and you want to limit uh, everybody. And I understand you have to limit. You can't have people, as you mentioned, Mike, you know, guys know the game plan so they can take advantage of it if they want to win some money, especially with these prop bets. You know, if you know, hey, this is going to be a heavy, as you mentioned, Kenny Gainwell week, and and the over-under is 25 yards, you know, you got inside information. Um, It is a sticky, sticky situation, and the NFL, as usual, wants people not to pay attention to it, basically. Yep. Just suspend guys and don't pay attention. Do yourself a favor. If you see Mike Gill down the shore today in his Providence shirt, and you just got there because your kids are out of school and you're going to be down there for the next seven months. Say hi to Mike. He loves the fact that you're down the beach with him. So uh, <laughs> make sure you, you tell Mike you're glad to see him and uh, you guys will be hanging for the next several months down the shore. I right, got Mike? out of here last weekend. Too many people, man. I got out of here. Yeah, <laughs> he, man. He doesn't yeah. like sharing his beach. But, Count uh, down I, the Labor Day, my friend. Count yeah. down the Labor Day. Oh, wait. We only got 32 days to go to Eagle Camp. You got a hell of a lot longer to get the Labor Day, Gil. Good luck with that. Enjoy your time down the shore. Mike, always a pledge. Thanks, bud. See you guys. Mr. Thanks, Providence, Mike. Mike Gill here with us on Birch 365. All right. Uh, we've got guest number two coming up and shoot now only 13 minutes from now. We ran yeah, a we took, with uh, we took Mike uh, too long. Sorry about that, Mike. We That's kept all right. Well, he's got to go out and see people that he doesn't want to be around anyway. So we weren't point. like uh, holding a gun to his head. Uh, nor will we hold a gun to Derek Gunn's head. Get it? Hold a gun. Derek Gunn. Uh, D Gunn going to join us coming up in about 13 minutes from now here on Birds 365. 
Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Appreciate you being in here with us on Birds 365. You got McMullen and McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys. Oh, by the way, we got 200 and change of you guys loyally streamed in right now, not even counting those. We'll be jumping in later and watching it after it's uh, been finished taping. Whenever you're watching it, whether it's live right now with us or later, whatever. Can you hit the like button, please? Uh, I, I've copped to this too many times, and I'll continue to do so because I haven't learned. Yeah, I don't know how the whole YouTube thing works, that your algorithm tells you how popular your show is. A, and the like button helps. How hard is it to hit the like button? Come on. Give us a little leg up here. Like, share, and subscribe. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We take care of us 
hopefully uh, we take care of you guys. Hopefully you'll take care of us. By right. the way, since I'm a stickler from correcting myself, I don't like to get things wrong. I believe I got talking dyslexia and said 93.7. It's 97.3. I've oh, only man. been on the station for a decade. Uh, it's 97.3 down the shore so the question um, is is it uh when mike kills at his happiest is it 97.3 degrees or 93.7 degrees uh, uh yeah i've got to go with the under there it all, all depends on how many shore travelers are around mike kill he he, he he can put up with the heat he just wants to do it by himself he doesn't want you down there with him uh in his hometown down the shore all right johnny mac i hope you miss this because uh, that way I can turn it into a quiz. If you've already seen it, then it won't be as much fun. Uh, we've now acknowledged a couple times it's the season of the list. And we've got on John and Ed have a top 25. I'm going to put forth top 25. We're going to knock a new guy off every single day. Well, uh, we had Jeff Curran earlier this week from CBSSports.com. Uh, CBSSports.com put forth a top 100 players. In the NFL, going into the 2023 season, John McMullen, if you've got a 32 teams and there are 100 players, if everything were equal, that means each team would have three point something players. So around three, three or four players, if everything were equal. We know everything's not equal. How many Philadelphia Eagles do you think made CBSSports.com's top 100 players? Uh, let's see. Uh, one, I'm doing it in my head. One, two, three, four, five, six, um, seven. I'm going to say nine. Exactly right. Nine. Play that's a, John, that's a big number. When you've got mm -hmm. nine of the top hundred players in a 32 team league, you got a significantly talented team. You would oh, be it's correct. A good, it's a good team. It's a deep team. You know, when I do this top 25 list, I'm I'm surprised at how deep it is and then how deep the drop-off is uh, when you start. But the good players are really good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they got more good players than anybody else. I would imagine, and I haven't looked at CBS, I would imagine San Francisco's number two. Um but the Eagles, the Eagles have more good players than anybody else. I they didn't do. go through it team by team. I only know I went through the Eagles. All right, give me the nine. They got nine on the top 100. You give me the name. I'll tell you where they rank. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is number two on the Eagles, number 31 overall. Uh, Jason Kelsey. Is number three on the Eagles, number 42 overall. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson would be the highest rated equal at number 18. Um, uh, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is not in the top. Well, there, there you go. See how deep this team is? I'm just doing the offense now. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is the, how many do we up to? Four? Yeah, he's the fourth rated eagle. He's 47th, which Eagle fans would be glad to know. C.D. Lamb, number 48. A.J. 47, C.D. Lamb, 48. So he's just ahead of C.D. Lamb, but he's the fourth eagle. Uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is on there. Smitty is the seventh eagle, number 69 overall. Uh, Hassan Reddick. 
is the sixth rated Eagle number 64 overall. So you got between AJ and Hassan Reddick, the fifth Eagle to make it ranking wise in the top hundred. Um, uh, Darius Slay. Slay is ninth out of the nine. He's number 96. How many do I, how many have I gotten? So number five and number eight. Um, so I need two more. Yes. Um, Bradbury. Bradbury did not make the top hundred. Um, Dickerson. Dickerson is number eight at number seventy-seven. Uh, so Jordan, he, I forgot Jordan. Jordan Mylata is the fifth-ranked eagle. He is number sixty. So your nine eagles that are in the top hundred: Lane eighteen, Jalen thirty-first, Kelsey forty-second. AJ 47th, Mylotta 60, Reddick 64, Smitty 69, Dickerson 77, and Slay 96. Bradford just outside. He made honorable mention. Uh, no uh, Goddard, as you pointed out. No, no Bradbury, no Goddard, uh, which is absurd, by the way. And, uh, and I'll give you another one that I know you're a big fan. No Josh, Josh Sweat. Sweat. He yeah, didn't make no he didn't even make honorable mention after getting double digit sacks last year. And neither of the uh, well, it's actually three from four down, however you want. None of the defensive tackles. No Fletcher Cox, no yeah, uh, Jordan I, I, Davis. I, I, you gotta be fair. I mean, Fletcher doesn't belong on there any longer. He is a descending player. Fletcher's not gonna like that, but he doesn't belong on that list now. You know, he used to be top 20 uh, in his prime, um, top, top 20 in the league. Jordan, you know, he might get there, but he's not there yet. But those three players, Dallas Goddard, Josh Sweat, uh, James Bradbury, were certainly top 100 players last, last year. year. Yeah, they were. Now, Goddard missed five games, so people knocked that on him. But, I mean, to have him not on that, – that's the biggest – you know, he's hes a top 100 player. Yeah, um, I, I got to go back and check. Let's see how they, – they, two tight ends maybe, that's it? Uh, yeah, how many tight ends? Right, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but Kelsey, Kittle. <clears throat> I don't know if Andrews may – he missed some time last year too. Andrew should be on there. Goddard, for the most part, people rate him as the fourth best tight end, you know, behind the obvious ones. And then probably Hawkinson's five, I would say. Um, So if he's on the list, I don't know. Um, They are good, man. (laughs) They got a lot of good players. That's a pretty deep roster when you have nine of the top 100 players and John and I are sitting here going, yeah, but how how about Bud? How yeah. about sweat? How about, about they could have got double digits? Should have twelve. Oof, man, we're we're getting a little big on ourselves, aren't we? Here on Birds Three Sixty Five. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Oh, we're gonna add another one of our own up next. Haven't had him on in about a month. It's always good talking Eagles football with Derek Gunn. D Gunn joins us next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? (laughs) Yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. and in the fam for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, joining us from Sports Take, Eagles post-game show. You know him well. Uh, as good an Eagle beat reporter as there has been over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Derek Gunn joins us here on Birds 365. And Johnny Mac, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here. And D-Gun may just uh, cut us off after I ask him this question. Here we go. <laughs> During the break, we're all waiting for a comeback after the commercial. And I'm watching D-Gun on camera, and it looks to me like he's eating chicken wings. Now, we know what kind of a grill master you are. We know how good you are out there on the grill. Are your wings that good that you're eating them at 9.20 in the morning? No. All I have is a cup of coffee here. You were eating some. What were you eating, Gun? I'm not eating anything. I just got a cup of coffee, Chatty. That's it. Yeah. He's, no, Jody, he's full of blood. He's lying to you people. Right here, I, he's uh, lying right now. I saw him take something up and hold it to his mouth. It looked like he was chewing it. It looked like he was eating a chicken wing. I'm going, damn, D-Gun's not kidding when he tells us how great a grill master is. He's eating wings at 9 o'clock in the morning. Jody, here's what I think. 
I think you have been working so many hours that you are finally delusional. I'm making this stuff up. You weren't just eating something. No. John, did you see me eating anything? I, I was not paying attention, but I'm, I'm you know, I was looking at uh, some. Do we have this on tape? Now, uh, Xander, just uh, signal me somehow. I don't know how Xander would signal. It, 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 are we recording during the commercials? Is there I'm, any way now we can see... look at the tape and see if D-Gun was not... eating? Now, I'm going with D-Gun here, Jody, because I don't think he would care. I think he would tell us. Look, uh, and look, I look, a lot of these guys in the chat who know me from noon to three said, look, D-Gun's always munching on something. That's what I'm saying. Nope, not this morning. Nope, okay. too early. All right, too early. you have my sincerest apologies if my eyes are playing tricks on me. Because you're right, now, I was up till I 2 o'clock in the, the morning on WIP. I saw the coffee cups. So. Thank you, John. Yeah, yep. there it is. Um, I so now that late. we have solved that mystery, the first mystery of summer, by the way, happy summer. Same uh, you guys. Demarcation line uh, for D Gun. Saw you had BG on the show. Yeah. Uh, how how is BG going through this process? New defensive coordinator. A uh, lot of changes on that side of the football. D Gun. Five new starters. Yeah. What are what are Brandon's early interpretations of how things went in the spring? He's as open minded as you could possibly be. Um, you know, when, when you take on the role of a leader, as he has and, and a number of those veteran players have through the years, you know, you set the tone for the dialogue and the body language, both in the locker room and on the field. And, you know, if there's anybody more positive in that locker room than Brandon Graham, please show me who he is because I don't know if he exists. But he's open-minded about it. Um, he's just elated to be back for another season. Um, and I'm assuming you guys saw part of or maybe all of the uh, conversation with him. It was never about money with him coming back here. No, yeah. uh, it, it was all about finishing what he started here, which and, and I've told him this time and time again. Do you understand how much of a rarity it is for a defensive lineman to play your entire career, especially when you get to double digits with the same organization? You know, but, you know, he's excited about the prospects, um, you know, he said Desai in ways is like Gannon, uh, open to uh, to suggestions. Uh, you can have open dialogue with him. Yeah, he, he says it's an interesting dynamic with Matt Patricia and Desai there. Um, and he says, you know, you look around with these new young kids that we've brought in, and, and he's excited. Um, he said that these kids are hungry, willing to you learn. You know, real quick, uh, D, I want to yeah. jump in there. Uh, sorry, Jody. But yeah. I want to mention, because you just spurred my thought, we got to talk about that Patricia thing, but I'll let yeah. Jody get to that. Yeah. Um, Nolan Smith. Boy, I mean, did you guys talk to BG about Nolan? Because he's got, like, BG energy. I mean, yeah. you yeah. know you know Brandon better than most. I mean, yeah. you just mentioned he sets the tone for that organization when it comes to energy each and every day. Each and every day. And I mean that. He, he brings the juice to practice. Nolan Smith, very young kid. Yeah. He's got that natural. I, I don't know if it's going to be at that level, but I rarely see guys threatening Brandon for energy. I think yeah. Nolan might yeah. do that. Nolan might do that. Did he mention Nolan at all? He didn't, he didn't mention Nolan um, on camera, but um, he, well, he mentioned him briefly, but not to that degree. 
I've had conversations with him about a few players on the defense. And he said, yeah, man. He said, this kid, Nolan, um, you talk about energy. But, you know, Nolan has to do it in increments because he's a new kid on the block, so to speak. You know, um, it's, a, it's a natural thing. For, for The longer he's in that locker room with these guys, the more it's going to come out. But right now you have to harness it in because you have so much to learn and learn in such a short amount of time. But he says it's not forced. It's, it, that's his name. So you mean to tell me we're going to have a Brandon Graham part two eventually? On yeah, this yeah. He said, you know, he told me, he goes, I'm passing that baton. And, you know, you know, it's funny, but Brandon has always told me, you need guys like that in a locker room. When you're, when you're in a business where most of the guys are always looking over their shoulders, looking in their lockers to see if a pink slip is coming, you're fighting for a job. You're trying to build camaraderie. And especially when you have a new idea, a new coordinator, new coaches, you have a lot, you know, so you, you, you limit your fun in increments, you know, Brandon Graham's going to be Brandon Graham, no matter what, but Brandon Graham had to build, build to that point. He wasn't always like that. Uh, when Nolan Smith is going to be the same way, you see it in increments, but he knows his place right now because he's so focused on trying to absorb as much material as he can in a limited amount of time. Deegan, I'm going to ask you the same type of question I've been asking people. Maybe we'll get to that question with you two about a positional decision, who's going to play, positional coach, coordinator, head coach, maybe, maybe even opinion from above from the organization, and how that collaborative decision gets made. I almost always ask it about the right guard position. Instead, let me ask you about Nolan Smith. A lot of energy, first-round draft pick, highly thought of out of Georgia, but like you just said, he's got to earn his time. He's a rookie. Right. And last year we saw the rookie, the only rookie who really contributed big time after Jordan Davis was Reed Blankenship, and that was out of necessity because of an injury. If all the defensive ends are healthy, is there a chance Nolan Smith's going to come along slower than people think because he's this high-energy first-round draft pick? He's still a rook. Who's going to make the call on how much he's used in that rotation? We know he's going to play some because it's a rotational position and the Eagles like rotating guys in and out, right. but they have a bunch of edge players who have already been here, already done that. Who decides the, the, the coach, the, the positional coach, the D coordinator, who we don't know about yet because he hasn't been here Does Sirianni get heavily involved and say, Hey, we got to get this kid into the rotation more. Does Howie miss the first round pick of Nolan Smith? get in those meetings and say, wait, how many snaps did Nolan Smith get? Who's going to decide how much Nolan Smith is going to play this year? The ultimate decision comes from Desai with input from Patricia. You know, Patricia is brought in here to be an extra set of eyes and ears and ideas. I can't wait to see how that collaboration works, but the, the final decision comes down to Sean Desai um, in terms of how he's developing, how, how he's progressed. Obviously, the more snaps this young kid to play, the more he the more it gives other players a chance to catch a breather, which is what this team prides itself on defensively, is being able to keep their guys a lot fresher in the fourth quarter, which is a distinct advantage over offensive linemen. I, I, I don't offensive lines, I don't care how good an offensive line is. There are times in a game when you see guys with their hands on their knees sucking wind because they're in there constantly. And when you're going up against a defense that's constantly rotating all these guys in, who has a psychological and possibly the physical edge initially? It's the defensive players. So that decision comes down to the coordinator. They study the films, they analyze it. He'll have input from uh, Patricia and a position coach as well. And then he'll make that determination game in and game out. 
Um, let's talk about that dichotomy because it's an interesting one, uh, D Gun. You brought it up a couple times now. Yeah. Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. And by the way, on the offensive side, mm-hmm. it's Brian Johnson and Marcus Brady. Mm-hmm. It sort of, you know, w- we talk about the coordinators a lot, replacing Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Nick Sirianni has created an extra layer. Uh, that senior offensive, senior defensive uh, assistant did not exist on last year's coaching staff. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you have guys with experience on both sides of the football being coordinators, Marcus Brady, Matt Patricia, on the shoulder of Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. Brian, a first-time NFL coordinator, Sean did it for one year in Chicago, but doesn't have a ton of experience. Matt Patricia does. I see a lot of good, but I see some potential bad. You know, does this have Sean decide looking over his shoulder? Uh, Does this have Brian Johnson looking over his shoulder when you have two such accomplished coaches in new positions, Deacon, positions created for them? You know what? I don't think so. I think this is something that was discussed way back shortly after the, the conclusion of the Super Bowl. First of all, what direction do we want to go in? And number two, how do we make this whole thing better? Um, when you look at the coordinators you talked about, I would say basically they're just happy to have this opportunity to yeah. put coordinator on their resume, especially with a team that came within three points of winning a Super Bowl. That's a rarity. That doesn't happen. Usually you go out and get a proven commodity. But when you look at a Brian Johnson, he's been with Sirianni and Steichen for a couple of years. They speak the same lingo. You know, so I think when Sirianni made that decision, it was a natural progression. You're not bringing somebody in from the outside who has to learn your system and will implement certain ideologies of their own to that offense. It's going to be a continuation plus enhanced, as Sirianni has said on the offseason, there's a lot more we can do with this offense. And I know he's going to give Brian a little room to put his own signature on this thing, so to speak, but it won't deviate too much from what they've already been able to do over the last couple of years. When you look at a guy like Desai, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form he's worried about looking over his shoulder. Because even if it, if, if it implodes, you hate to look at it in these terms, yeah. even if it implodes, He's still going to get paid X amount of money that he's never seen before in his life. And, you know, he'll move on. And he's he's considered a good coach, which means he will get another job in some capacity uh, in the NFL. Having a Patricia there, and, and John, you know, we I talk about this all the time. There are some guys who are good position coaches, good coordinators, who are not good head coaches. You know, you look at Nathaniel Hackett, Matt Patricia. Being a head coach, maybe it's just not his forte. Being a coordinator is. And when you have an extra set of eyes and ears like this, I think it only enhances the product. This was discussed in, 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 this was discussed in details offseason. Okay, can we do this? Can we make this work? Does it make the product better? I think you have a bunch of guys in there that say, you know what, let's do this. And, it's, and it starts with Howie being a part of that conversation as well. What can we do to make the product better? What's the one thing that Howie has said this offseason? It's going to stick in my craw a long time how we didn't win that yeah. Super Bowl this year. Yeah. So his mindset is, 
I, I was able to make it this good last year. Now, we have to get younger to get better in some spots, but how can I make the overall umbrella that much better, more waterproof, so to speak? And I think that's the conclusion they arrived at. I want to keep it on the coaching questions. Uh, this is the best coaching conversation we've had in a while because of defections and some guys moving on. There's a good turnover in coaching. There's a turnover on the roster, how he's got to uh, deal with all these things and come back even stronger this year, win a Super Bowl. Positions, coaches at positions, new linebacker coach, new D-back coach, new quarterback coach. Now, the old quarterback coach still here. He's the offense coordinator now. Right. But you've got yourself a new quarterback coach. Which do you think is the position, the new coach's position, that Merritt's keeping the closest eye on because tough shoes to fill a little inexperienced. They're doing it. Their new linebacker coach, their new DB coach, their new quarterback coach, which one are you going to be watching the closest when camp gets underway? Begun? Linebacking coach, linebacking coach. That was a big problem with this team last year. As good as this defense was last year, what was the one area they were really susceptible giving up the pass plays over the middle of the field? Okay, so now you lose the brain trust of your defense in T.J. Edwards, and you're going to implement a guy who is ultra-talented but did not give any reps last year in the Kobe Dean. And then you're bringing in another new guy in Morrow on the outside. Okay, so I think that position is going to be closely watched to see if they've gotten better at that position. I, I, I strongly believe they've gotten a little faster. Kazir White had good quickness, but what happened with Kazir White? He was, he was in a witness protection program for much of the second half of the season. Started out great. Then all of a sudden we're like, where's Kazir White? He's not making any plays. Can Nicholas Morrow be, caught, be accounted for each game? They don't know. He had a great year last year, but that was with another team. You know, everybody was so excited when they brought Robert Quinn in last year. And I kept telling Bear Brooks and, and Rob Ellis, I said, my people with the Bears are telling me, there's a reason why they let Robert Quinn go. And it was only a short time, short amount of time before people said, what, what, why is Robert Quinn on the roster? Okay. Nicholas Morrow had a great season last year. How is he going to fit into this scheme? I think he's very athletic. I think he's capable, but everybody doesn't fit well in the same scheme. We see it happen all the time. One player excels in one scheme. He goes into another scheme and becomes average or lost in that scheme. You know, I think Nick N'Kobe Dean has all the attributes to be a really good one, but I've got to see it on the field. Mm -hmm. And obviously, when they look at the former <laughs> coaches, they realize the the pass pass defense in the middle of the field has to be tightened up. Okay, how do you how do you get that done with a new group? It's going to take a while for everybody to be on the same page defensively. We all know if you go to training camp, offense is always ahead of a defense anyway. So how, because the reps are limited in training camp, how many games into a season is it going to be natural for both sides in terms of understanding what the responsibilities are down distance situation? That, that to me, that's the linebacking is the biggest question mark. Yeah, Morris, an interesting guy, Deacon. And yeah. we were talking about it from this perspective. And, and, you know, he played a lot when the Bears traded Roquan Smith, as you mentioned, um, and because he played a lot, he made a lot of tackles. He played very well against the Eagles, actually, when they were out there. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, it sticks. This is what sticks to me, D Gun. Okay. They signed him to a one year prove a deal, gave him zero, 
zero, not yep. one red penny in guaranteed money. Now, as an example, to sort of contrast this, Justin Evans, uh, the safety they signed, everybody thinks isn't going to make the team because you have Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds, you have Kayvon Wallace, you have uh, rookie Sidney Brown. Brown, yeah. So he might be on the outside looking in, very well might be. They gave him six hundred grand in guaranteed money. Not a lot, mm. but it's a hell of a lot more than zero. Right. Not a lot from NFL standards, obviously, for us. Well, at least for the people not named Derek Gunn in this conversation. Six hundred <laughs> grand is a lot. Um it, it, that it contracts don't tell you everything, but they tell you a lot. Yes, I can't buy in because remember, D Gun, there's 31 other teams. Yep, that were looking at Nicholas Morrow and said, you know what, I'm not giving him five bucks, guaranteed. That scary a little bit. You know, Jan, I've thought about that for some time because normally. Howie usually pays a little bit more to get certain players to come in more so than other teams just because they feel they want that particular player. But you're right. In this case, they got they got him for a song and a dance. Mm -hmm. Is it something that that Sean Desai pushed for? Is it something that we haven't seen on film that he does that feels that he's a perfect fit for what he wants to run on defense? Are the other teams out there? Do they know something about him that? The Eagles have missed or don't know, you know, we're going to find out. But but when when you have unproven commodities at certain positions, you know, that outside, that middle, um, especially the middle with a young kid in the middle, you want to bring in more of a veteran presence. And there are the veterans out there they could have brought in here that would have nicely fit snugly under their cap. The, what, the reason they decided on him, I don't know. And I haven't watched enough of him to get a feel for, wow, is he as good as Kazir White? Is he the per Because we haven't seen enough of the size scheme to know exactly what it is. Haven't seen enough of him. It's one of the greatest mysteries on this team, John. And I couldn't agree with you more. Watching the linebacking position in general is going to be huge, but watching this young man in particular is going to be even more in intriguing because there's so much, there's so much in the, the realm of unknown about him, you know, that, that we're going to wait and see before we get any answers. And you may not get any answers until a few games into the regular season. All right, D-Gun, I've gone down the road, this road here with our guests for the last week or so, maybe more than a week. And so far, everyone I've invited to join me on my bandwagon has taken a, a pass. Let's see if I can okay. talk you into this. Because before you became a YouTube megastar here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you were a TV star. So you understand the business. You understand promotion. You understand how important it can be. I've suggested that the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles pick up the phone and call Roger Goodell and say, you need somebody for hard knocks? We'll be your we'll be your guy. We'll be your Huckleberry. We'll we'll allow you into our locker room. We'll be the team for hard knocks this year. We got some very entertaining uh face of the franchise, Jalen Hurts type guys on our team. Yeah, 
We'll let you promote the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll do you a solid, Roger, because it's friggin' June and you still don't have the Hard Knocks team named. So nobody wants any part of this. We'll be your boys. We'll pick it up for you. Just remember this. Uh, put one in the favor bank for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, by the way, I think the Eagles will sell that much more swag. They'll, they're high profile to be with. They'll be even more high profile. I want to see the Eagles volunteer to be the hard knocks team. Jeff Laurie, get this done. Come on, Derek Gunn. Tell me you're with me. No. Oh. <laughs> no. no. No team. Damn no it, team I'm over. Really no team wants to be on hard knocks. No. No. It's an it's an invasion of their privacy. It's an uncomfortable situation, uh, especially for coaches. They can't be who they want to be at all times, even though they have approval in most cases of what actually airs and what's Hitting, left. Yeah. The floor. No team wants that, really. No, no, especially no. this team, you know, no. you know, D Gun. They don't Absolutely. even want us in there, uh, you know, in the spring. John, hundred minutes. That's a great point, John. Think about how they limit you yeah. um, in terms of being able to view the practices. You know, it's funny. I can remember a few years ago when, when the first OTA session, every day was open to the media. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I hear this, no, you only have X. You, you got six days and you only have, what, four days of access, three days of access? Two. Two. We Two. had 100 Two. minutes, 100 Two. minutes of access. And then exactly. on top of that, they do away with the mandatory camp in June, yeah. which means writers and TV people have no access yeah. until training camp starts. No, the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, they don't want that. Yeah, they are I'm locked down sorry. over there. Yeah. Like the NSA. Um, exactly. CIA level scrutiny. Yeah. Hey, Come hey, on, hey, bring the hard hey, knock camera. I didn't hey, think have I you seen? Have I you know seen? I'm going to be on this hill, but I'm going to die on this hill by myself. But have I'm trudging. I'm going Patriots? up the hill. Have you seen the New England Patriots on hard knocks? Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody wants to be on hard knocks. No. There are some teams that, uh, you know, do a better job of it. Detroit last year, I thought they did. You know, Dan Campbell's more open. You know, he's old school, you know, at least. But they got asked to do it again. And he was like, no, we already did it. So, exactly. um, yeah. But yeah. So generally speaking, and I'm taking a shot here at uh, the GOAT. This pen has more personality than Bill, uh, the head coach of the New England Patriots. Belichick is not a persona. I'll tell you what. Nick could become a star. Get a camera in front of him. Let him tell some uh, plant-growing yeah. stories. He could become a national star. If he's Sirianni gets all the exposure he wants. Look at the volume of primetime games they have this year. He was on the yeah. grandest stage of all the Super Bowl just this past February. The team doesn't need any help in merchandise sales. They're one of the best-selling merchandise teams in the National Football League. They don't need any help, Jody. They're not going to let the cameras in there until push comes to shove. And because they fall under the criteria of not having to do it. They don't have to do it. No, that's why I'm saying Jeff's got to volunteer. This has got to be Jeff going to Roger and going, we'll do this for you, but just remember. When we need a big fave, we got one in the bank, and you're going to say, all right, Jeff, here's a commissioner uh, granting your request. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. I mean, not, think about not with this team. Not think about how many times they had to bleep, use the bleep button last year for Dan Campbell. 
Yeah. You, well, you wouldn't have to worry you, about that. Uh, certain, uh, Nick, Nick can throw some at bombs out there. See, he, see there are certain bombs. personality traits that coaches and even players don't want out there for the public. By the way, Shane Steichen of all people, Derek Gunn, uh, yeah. the most mild-mannered man in the world with the camera on, he can't get through three words without dropping an F-bomb really? uh, with the cameras it, off. Yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. Known that. It is tremendous when Shane Steichen uh, talks off camera. And These coaches and players don't want yeah. mom and grandma com- calling them saying, really? Is that you, you know you let these words come out of here? No, they don't come, that. come on. I'm you want mom and grandma calling all you? Right. you all right. Last one at Real D Gun. Make sure you follow Derek on Twitter. Uh today he'll be there with uh, uh Rob Ellis, uh, our our buddy on Sports Take. Um when is Gun on One coming back? Or are we uh it'll, do we it'll have anything back. lined up? It, it'll be back. Um um, you know, it'll be back in, starting in August. Um, got some interesting concepts. Can't give anything away right now. All right. All right. It'll, not, it'll not just be some of them. Then will not be just related to what happens in games. There's going to be bigger storylines about the individuals and how they perceive things, both in football and in life. So we're going to t- change directions just a little bit. But uh, yes, coming back in August. The exact date, I don't know yet. We're working on some things to see what happens with it. All, all right. right, 12 months ago, yep. gun, um, all we talked about, and, and I mentioned this with Jody every once in a while, all we talked about last year at this time was Jalen Hurts. Jalen yep. Hurts can do this. Jalen Hurts can do that. What What is Jalen Hurts? Where are we going to be with Jalen Hurts? Jody and I do the show every day. We never talk about the guy. Right. I've never seen anything like it. He's turned into this constant, this this given, this you just say, all right, check the box, Jalen yeah. Hurts at quarterback. How amazing is it? How far this player has come in, in 12 months? You know, not, not just this player, John, but a quarterback, because as we all know, it usually takes two to three. Coaches always say three to five years before it, you truly know what a quarterback is, a starting quarterback is in the National Football League. This young man not only checks the boxes, but is an exception to every rule in terms of a young quarterback progressing. He went through his growing pains in 2021. He made the commitment in 22, the offseason, to get better, and we all sat back and said, yeah, I can't wait to see this. His improvement from one year to the next is phenomenal. But as you get to know him, you understand he's like a 30-year-old in a 24-year-old body. He's so mature. Um, and for a veteran team, to gra- especially on offense, when you look at the veterans, the proven uh, de- highly decorated war veterans on that offense that gravitated towards him immediately and were willing to follow him, that's all you need to know about. Nobody will outwork this young man on this team. And you look at the numbers he put up, and I don't want to hear any more about, well, he only threw 22 touchdown passes. He accounted for 35. Yeah. That's all you need to know. He was a general of, of one of the most explosive offenses in the National Football League. He took care of the ball as well as any quarterback in the National Football League. That's all you need to know. If he does not improve one iota of this season, his game right now is still good enough to take this team right back to the Super Bowl again when you think about the talent that is surrounding him as well. 
Jalen Hurts, I would think, is the envy of a lot of teams in the National Football League who are still trying to find that quarterback. That's all you need to know about this young man. I don't think money will change him. I don't think notoriety is going to change him. You don't have to worry about him getting big-headed. He will continue to be – every time I talk to somebody, he will continue to be the same guy you saw in 2021, 2022. Plain and simple. All right, D. Gunn, I just once again have to apologize for those who tuned in while we were on the show. I accused Derek Gunn of eating prior to joining us tonight. <laughs> I swear to God, I saw him eating something. My eyes are deceiving me. I apologize for that. Maybe he was doing a finger brushing the teeth. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but it looked to me like he was eating a chicken. In my mouth the food. How is that possible? I don't know what I the hell was looking at, but John, if you were, if you were eating prior to joining Birds 365, what would be the D-Gun snack of choice at 921 in the morning? Oh, maybe, maybe some eggs, some bacon, toast. Yeah. You gotta go you breakfast. Know, yeah. Yeah, bre- breakfast is my favorite meal, but it's the meal that I get to eat the least because once I get up, I hit the ground running, getting ready for the show, you know, gr- helping with my grandson here and stuff like that. I very seldom get to eat breakfast, but I enjoy breakfast more so than any other meal. I'm with you. I like breakfast uh, number one. I I love breakfast more than anything else. There are are times, not often, we'll have breakfast at dinner, maybe a couple of times a year. Oh, we do it all the time. Yeah, Yeah, we call it brenner. Yeah. Love it. Love a little omelet omelet for dinner. That's never a bad thing. (laughs) D-Gun, always a pleasure, brother. We'll uh, give you the next month or so off. Uh, No Eagle stuff. Once camp gets underway, no full well. We're going to expect you back here on Birds 365. It's always fun. Thanks, brother. All right, you guys have a great day. Thanks for having me on. You will catch him later in the day on Sports Take with Rob Ellis. Derek Gunn right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, McBone and McDonald coming back. A bow on the show is what you expect. It's what you'll get. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. I run out of time here on Birds 365. There is one streamer that I want to make note of. That would be Eagles fan with a P-H-A-N. I took a shot at the Mac man here. (laughs) He made me laugh. I got to give him credit. He said, "Uh, Jody, your eyes are deceiving you because of what you have in your cup. No, it's just coffee. There, there, there is no adult beverage in this cup. I'm not a 9 a.m. drinker. Sorry. To say. <laughs> I, I have like 10 of these, John. I got them one day and I'm walking by. I think he got 10 for five bucks. And I just said, yeah, give me that thing. Get 10 cups for five bucks. It's the perfect size. I needed a size where I get a lot of coffee. So I don't have to be running up every single break to get it. But I don't want it too monstrous. So then it gets cold and... This is the perfect size cup. I use a different one every single day. It's just coffee in there. I still got a little more. Nice. You rotated. You got 10 of them. So you can get uh... five bucks, 50 cents a piece. I couldn't go wrong. I couldn't say no. Is it the end of the, you know, you're going up to pay and they get the, at the end of the aisle, they get the ones that really, they're probably motivated to get rid of them. Freaking thing is great. I've been using all 10 of them for four or five years now, forever. Long I've had them. All right. Uh, Jeff Mosher tomorrow. We're working on another guest. We'll be talking uh, Eagles manana. You in for it? Johnny Mac. Uh, oh, by the way, tonight, longest night of the year. Yes. The summer solstice is the longest day. Sunshine was bright and early. I When I got the No sunshine, out. though, today, uh, locally, if the you're the in South Jersey. Wasn't yeah. sunny, but the sun was yeah. up very early at six, whatever. When I got the dog out, yeah, it does come up. Uh, yeah, it does come up, but it's uh cloudy today, and the sun will be up well after eight o'clock tonight. By the time hopefully the Phillies have a lead over the Braves tonight, uh, we will be back in the morning. Uh, looking forward to talking to Mosh. We haven't had him on in a while, brother. Have yourself a good day. You in with me at uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning? Yeah, let's do it. Steal with some me. flat tires, too. Let's go. Get that get that tire fixed so we can roll on in tomorrow in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.